Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Where's the next frontier for V8 supercars? D'Alberto gets ready to launch and HRT celebrates 21 years on the racetrack. To have my name on one of Holden Racing Team's Bathurst victories is special for me and um, you know these occasions just really hit home how special it is. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. V8X Magazine has dropped a bombshell that V8 supercars are looking to expand further into international markets, with the USA the next frontier. Bruce Newton reports that as well as pushing into the USA... Qatar and Singapore are likely additions to the championship in 2012. It also alluded to the fact that overseas races will put Australian events in jeopardy. For all the details of the expansion plans, pick up your copy of V8X magazine today. Also in V8X, you can find out more about the proposed sale of SEL's 25% of V8 supercars and how teams are reacting to the thoughts that the change in the structure of the company which could see a drop in the cost of the racing entitlement contract, which V8X reports could see the return of Mark Scaife to team ownership. Garth Tander spoke about being part of the 21-year history of HRT during the team celebrations last week. Well, I mean, driving for the Holden Racing Team is, is quite an honour, and, and when you cut the milestones like 21 years involved, in motorsport and their 21st birthday, it really hits home what a special place this is. David Russell will drive the Matthew White Motorsports car in the second of the Jayco Back Falcons in the Fujitsu Series in 2011. Yeah, Craig, look, it's, it's very exciting uh, to, to join uh, MW Motorsport again this year and with the continued support of Jayco, as you said, you know, it's fantastic to have that, that continuity um, to, to go into the 2011 season and you know, do it in a car that I've driven before with the team I'm familiar with as well. And look, yeah, I couldn't be happy with the way it's turned out. Russell will partner Tim Blanchard in what's being touted as one of the most competitive driver lineups planned for this season. You'll hear more from David Russell in the White Flag Lap. Ford look like they will be one car stronger for the rest of the season as this Friday the public launch at Melbourne Southern Cross Station of the Wilson Security Racing Team which is expected to see an FPR-prepared Falcon unveiled for Tony D'Alberto. Race fans are invited to join the Holden stalwarts as they reveal the switch from 10am Friday. Talking Ford, and they have announced that they will be adding further support to the rookie team Mother Energy Drinks, 
while in VRX magazine they have reported that DJR are on notice from Ford that they must perform this season to keep their support. All the details are in this edition. Greg Murphy Racing has been confirmed that they will be the Fujitsu Super Team preparing four cars for the feeder series. Tony Bates, who will return to the Fujitsu Series this season, linking up with Jeff Emery and Daniel Jensen, also confirmed it's Greg Murphy Motorsports, but the final seat is to be confirmed as South African driver Brandon Orby withdrew from the team. Nathan Pretty looks set to return to Gulf Western Oils Racing for the Enduros as HRT and Bundy Racing are close to confirming Baird, McConville and Percat for the squad. David Besnard is being speculated to move to Jim Beam Racing following two seasons in the Enduros with Gary Rogers Motorsports, whilst for Performance Racing has announced Stephen Richard and Luke Yulden as their Enduro combinations. Richards will be driving with Frosty, whilst Yulden will be teamed with Davison. And finally, V8 Race is offering race fans the opportunity to drive at Bathurst. Following a successful debut last month where 25 V8 race cars spent the day allowing fans to drive or ride around Australia's most famous circuit, V8 Race have confirmed that Easter Monday is the last chance in 2011 to have your Bathurst experience. The V8 Insiders was on hand at the mountain to talk to some of the lucky race fans who got their experience of the mountain firsthand. Albert from Perth. Craig from uh, Sunshine Coast. You guys just had a drive at Bathurst yep. for V8 Race. What What are your thoughts? Excellent. Yeah, just mind-blowing. Yeah, that was great. Fantastic. Now, you both come from a long way away, so you must have really wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah. No, I've done um, race go-karts and like, I've driven V8 in Queensland and back in Perth. But yeah, this is much better. This is excellent. Vicky, and you've just been out with John Bauer at I Bathurst. I sure have, yep. What did you think? That was awesome. It was just out of this world. Yeah. yeah. Have you been a motorsport fan for a long time? Oh, I've grown up with it. Yeah. yeah just, just watching it. Yeah. yeah but um, just actually being here is just amazing. And the race yesterday was fantastic. Now that uh, Bowie's shown you the lines, would you like to come back in April and go for a drive yourself? Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, awesome. John from Newcastle. What prompted you to, to do the race experience today? Uh, I've done a few laps at Eastern Creek and I've done a rally driving one, but they're all, I obviously like cars and they're Christmas presents from my wife, so yeah, I'll do it again, do it again tomorrow, I'll do it again now, about a thousand bucks or whatever it is. <laughs> you just, uh, four laps just isn't enough. Yeah, no. you just wind up and just get the hang of it all, adrenaline's going and they say you've got to stop, you, you want to keep going, but no, but yeah, buy them a summer ticket and yeah, bring them back and do it again. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders after the break, Tony Whitlock and John Bannon will join me. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. 
Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Auto Action, it is John Bannon. Good evening, John. Good evening, Craig. And from Race Facts, it's Tony Whitlock. Good evening, Tony. Hello there. It's an interesting time in uh, V8 supercars and, uh, well, once again we see the spectre of more overseas races rearing its head and, of course, uh, Bruce Newton's story in V8X magazine talking about uh, Tony, confident that they'll be racing in the United States in five years. John, can you see the V8 supercars capturing the imagination of the American punter? Well, I guess they have that muscle car appearance about them and uh, there is a market for that in the US, no doubt. And I'm sure if uh, America was willing to throw some cash on the table to make the V8 supercars go over there, then there's every chance it could happen. But it is a long way to travel, that's for sure. Mm, Bruce has uh, certainly uncovered something there because, Tony, I would have thought that America is so well populated for car racing like Europe which the V8 supercar said they've got no plans going to Europe or Britain um, it's an interesting well, one the, the deal of course with the FIA to get six international races granted was they can't go any further um, east than Turkey Okay, so they've got to go the other direction so certainly yeah USA isn't out of bounds the thing is that um, in 05 when the first flight's went to uh, New Zealand, then Shanghai, it was demonstrated that two 747s will take the series anywhere in the world. It doesn't take much other than more hours than the planes to go to the US. The internationalisation of this category is certainly in line with what any prospective buyer would like. It just needs some more international brands, brands that will travel to America. Um, And the great thing is now that you can actually see them coming. I guess that's the interesting thing for me is how quickly can you get them on board? Tony's talking about a five-year goal plan, John. Can you see multinationals really dominating the grid? Well, I guess with races like the Gold Coast event in which international drivers are being encouraged to come on board and more people from overseas wanting to partake in being uh, enduro drivers at Phillip Island and Bathurst is definitely scope for a more international championship, not only in terms of where the V8 supercar uh, paddock decide to race, but also uh, what drivers they decide to um, put in their put in their cars. So certainly it's it's possible, but the thing that concerns me here is what the fans think. Uh, there's already enough uproar that we have one race overseas and not not enough in Australia and not using established circuits so I, I can't see uh, V8 supercar fans being too happy about having plenty of races overseas. Mm. Uh, John, it's really interesting, I mean that, that issue, I've been covering the sport for 18 years. When I started there were nine rounds a year uh, with three sprint races the uh, Enduros weren't part of the championship so uh, what Cochrane and Co put together was adding those so it grew to 10 then 11 um, you know, now what is it, 14? Uh, we've got two internationals. Um, the vast majority of the fans of this sport do not travel to more than maybe five or six at max events. 
You know, they might go to some eastern seaboards plus a bath or things like that. So I really think it's a misnomer when, when people start talking about, oh, you know, they want more local races. I mean, they've added some fantastic events. You know, the, the Clipsal was certainly nothing like what had happened before in South Australia because Malinar was a little goat track. It was a terrific little circuit, but it was a little goat track that they were lucky if they ever got more than 15, maybe 20,000 maximum. So that, that event is massive. Over in Perth, it's still got to grow, you know, to a decent event. But suddenly you've got events like Homebush and Townsville. I mean, these are nothing like the fans had to, to go to back in the, uh, the 90s. Mm. So, I, you know, I think it's a, a real thing. I mean, it, it's like the Sony Corporation. Sony never go and ask what customers want because, as Mr. Sony said, our customers, they can't imagine the things that we can. In the same way that the fans of V8s, they couldn't imagine the events that they're now putting on. Um, I mean, I've been seen as being a critic of these series and things like that over the years, but the one thing I will recognise, this series is much better now than it has ever been in motor racing life in Australia. And the people should you know, should recognise that. I agree with you 100% there. It's, it's better now than it ever has been, but is taking more races overseas good for the, the sport? But, good for the fans? What, what the FIA has agreed to is a maximum of 18 events for this series, maximum of six of them overseas. We've currently got two. It was going to be three this year. Thank heavens we didn't go to Bahrain as events which turn out. Um, <laughs> but... You know, if we end up with 12 here or 13 or whatever it is and three or four of them overseas, I mean, the teams will be better off financially and there are going to be great events watching fantastic racing. I mean, race two in, in Abu Dhabi was a thrilling race. I was standing absolutely enthralled watching it. And any fan, I mean, what people have to realise is three of the last nine races we've had have been three of the best ever races in 10 years. You know, when Van Gisbergen was harrying uh, Wind Cup up in uh, Gold Coast, when Van Gisbergen ran out of fuel on the last lap and Holdsworth won, and then when Brighty was chasing down uh, Courtney in Abu Dhabi, those are three of the most gobsmacking races ever. For Christ's sake, what do fans need? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm only playing devil's advocate in one comment here, and... That race in, in Abu Dhabi, that second race, as you said, one of the best ever with Bright and Courtney. But if you're watching it live, it was in the middle of the night and you'd have had to be ultra-dedicated to, to get up for it. It's like getting up for Formula One races. And a, a lot of people, in many cases, can't be bothered. But it was interesting, Tony, it was interesting back here in Australia, and I've missed those two Middle Eastern races uh, last year and this year, but it was interesting because the television numbers was a, a big correction on what we saw last year. And the, the replay on Speed Channel was Speed Channel's highest ever ratings. And really? It, yes. They, they've, admittedly, they've only been running since, what, November last year. But yeah. it, it was the biggest ratings for Speed Channel. And that was a 10 a.m. replay. And then the evidently the replays on Channel 7 were better than some of the live coverage they had in 2010. So if you're trying to sell the TV rights, you'd, you'd pack up now and say we've done our job. Well, in fact, I remember saying, standing under the podium in Abu Dhabi, 
I said, it's going to be really fascinating to see when the story of this race gets back to Australia, how the replay go when it's coming around second time. Mm. It it was a, a big improvement, of course, having the races live into Australia for the diehards, John. It also helps when you've got a bunch of channels you need to put some programming on too if you're Channel 7. But I guess one thing that came out of Abu Dhabi was the fact that Lee Holsworth and Will Davison had an altercation. And the great thing about it, it was that... Uh, they actually talked about it. And I, I've got to ask, do we need, John, to let the drivers off the leash and not have them worry about penalties about what they might suffer because they've uh, been honest and they've spoken their mind? Without question. The sport will be a 100 times more interesting uh, if the drivers speak their mind, give opinions and give the journalists... Uh, great quotes uh, to, to make really fascinating stories that the fans want to hear about. I, I think there's, there's nothing better than a squabble, than, than a fight between uh, two different drivers, whether they be teammates or not. You only have to see what, what has happened in Formula One in the past with uh, Senna and Prost, uh, with uh, Hamilton and Alonso. It created so much interest, and I think the more... Uh, talk, debate that's generated by, I guess, drivers having a little bit of biff here and there. I, I don't see any problem with that. Uh, I, I prefer that than, um, than both sort of being very PR to, to the journalists afterwards and sort of saying, oh, I wasn't very happy, but he's not a bad bloke, so let's go get on with the next race. Uh, certainly, in terms of selling our, not, not only for for magazines like Auto Action, but particularly in the mainstream newspapers, that sort of stuff is is going to get a, a bigger run, which ultimately will give the sport more exposure. Mm, Tony, I thought one of the great things out of 2010 was when Stephen Richards went up to Rick Kelly and they they really let each other know what they thought of each other. And, you know, one thing, it showed you just how passionate Stephen Richards still is about racing. And two... It made all the papers, and it was great PR. And as Stephen said, he just straightened up his collar. It was looking a bit out of place. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, of course, this was all given a thumbs up a couple of years ago. V8 Supercars decided the drivers needed to be able to get out there and you know, say their minds. Um, I mean, of course, on a regular basis, Russell Ingle, of course, is uh, ready to spark up. One of the interesting things, of course, is that we all talk about you know, racing of the 60s and 70s and the great personalities of the sport, the James Hunts, etc., um, is that all of them, of course, were known for speaking their minds. Even Nigel Mantle having a whinge, he was known for saying what he thought. Um, and whereas now, because of the size of the money tipped into drivers, it's very difficult for them to actually be able to say what they think about things because the sponsors you know, don't like them to be out there having a whinge or complain about somebody else. So it's, it's incumbent on drivers not to be um, so vocal. Um, you know, they damage their chances of making a good living. Mm, and, of course, the stewards, and uh, speaking to the stewards about uh, Lethal Lee and Michael Caruso, they, they felt terrible when they had to penalise those guys for their pit lane antics at the uh, start of one of the races where they, uh, you know, they were having a bit of fun. They're young guys that do like to have fun. And, uh, unfortunately, last year, just as recently as last year, they copped a pit lane penalty, or they copped a penalty, a points penalty, for uh, 
you know, just giving us something to have a laugh at. Some people, play, yeah. Yeah, some yeah, people well. might say it's bad taste. Other people just go, well, that's what the times are. But uh, unfortunately, the stewards had no, nowhere to go. They've got a set of rules, and once it's... Uh, you know, once the penalty, uh, once the uh, offence has been uh, found guilty, they just have to apply them. We uh, aren't guilty yet here on this show, but we do need to take a break and be back with more right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. John Bannon and Tony Whitlock joining me, Craig Revell. And uh, guys, interesting machinations running around in V8 supercars because uh, SEL have made the decision that they want to see how much their 25% is worth. And... It looks very much like the case that uh, anyone that wants to buy in probably doesn't want a quarter of this series. They probably want a half, which is going to really change the balance of one power and two, the value of what a wreck is. Because obviously 75% of that revenue is going to not be what the uh, teams are getting anymore, Tony. They'll only be getting 50% of the profits raised. Yeah, well... I mean, the, the whole issue of this is a fascinating one. I mean, more than likely, we don't know who the next owner of that quarter share of V8 supercars will be. More than likely, it's somebody who, you know, come out of the field. I mean, I've had my own theories about it for some time that, you know, we could actually see a uh, person like um, Eccleston coming in and buying into the series. Um, Maybe his man is uh, Whitaker is uh, keeping a close eye on the uh, prospects for um, a bit of Formula One ownership of uh, another series. John, you'd think if Exelson wanted in, which is a name that has been bandied around, you'd think he'd want that to run it as a support category to Formula One, wouldn't you? Oh, who knows? I mean, that's a, a massive hypothetical in a sense, and I guess if it was someone like Bernie, yeah, for sure, he'd, if he's putting his money into it, he probably uh, wants the the best possible uh, outcome and, and package, and uh, I think the V8 supercars would, would be marvellous as a support to, to Formula One, but whether uh, V8 supercars would be happy with that and, and the teams is a, another matter entirely, and, and I guess in terms of um, the ownership uh, change in, in terms of who might buy the 25% or the 50% or whatever it ends up being. Uh, I mean, it'll have to be whoever comes on board that the teams also benefit out of it, otherwise they won't agree to it going ahead in the first place if it's going to end up costing them more money at the end of the day. And that's the big thing, isn't it, Tony, that the teams aren't moving in unison here. They're all hearing different things and... Uh, and some teams are, are quite resistant to any sort of change that would affect the value of their racing entitlement contract, or wreck as we call it. 
the only way you'll get a unanimous acceptance is if the financial return, and remembering now, it's, it's over a million dollars per car they get, right? So that each wreck returns to the owner of it a million dollars. That's its uh, annual income. And from that, they then have to top up with sponsorship to be, you know, the, the extra one and a half to two million to run that car for a year. And that uh, uh, if they're getting more money when they sell out, uh, I mean, because remember, of course, that um, SEL uh, won't uh, sell their share unless they're going to get a good return. You know, they're not going to sell out of it just to get out of it. They're going to have to want a, a, a better return than they're currently getting. Hmm. And, of course, they uh, also are going to want to have some options in their sale because uh, most sales like this are done over a period of time, aren't they, Tony? They're not just done with a, a lump sum cash transfer like you're oh, buying yeah. a car or buying a house. That's correct. And, and also, I mean, Cochrane more than likely will retain uh, an ownership uh, involvement and he'll be uh, remain involved in the series for some time to come. I would think that would be part of uh, contingent on, on selling the share would be that he has that uh, involvement. Mm. Yeah, interesting story in V8X was, uh, John, that Scafey, understanding that the cost of a wreck might come down, he's not ruling out that he would might not want to own a team again. Sure. I mean, if that was the case and uh, what the teams currently own was actually devalued, then uh, I'm sure a number of them would question as to whether they uh, wanted to, to own that, that particular wreck because uh, who, who wants to own, own an asset that's um, lost money, basically? Mm. It's interesting times ahead, no doubt about that, Tony. Your thoughts on, uh, on how soon do you think SEL will be out of the sport? Oh, look, I, I don't think it's any time real, real soon. I don't at all think that. Um, this isn't going to be something that happens very quickly. It'll be, uh, you know, by the end of the 2012 season, maybe. I think one thing should be probably stated about, you know, there's 28 licenses this year, 28 wrecks this year. Um, it wasn't because there wasn't a demand uh, for 29. I mean, I believe that certainly there'd be at least one, two, maybe even three people out there who would love to have a licence who currently don't. At its ideal, some years ago, and I'm talking probably four or five years ago, um, the uh, V8 supercars ideally would have been 26 um, cars on track, and that was going to be 13 two-car teams. Uh, They've now reached uh, 28, and that's now seen as the right number. That's seen as a number that will return a good... Uh, investment for each of the team owners and ensure that uh, we have those 28 cars on track at every event for every race. Mm. Well, Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine on sale now and you have got, a, well, a great, I'm going to do that again. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. The new edition is out now with the Kellys on the cover. And don't miss out on your two free gifts, the Armour Oil Fridge Magnet and the V8 Supercars Mega Poster. They're all available in this edition of V8X Magazine. First to John Bannon. If you have to cut two or more races from Australia to fit in all these overseas rounds, which are the first two you cut, John? Queensland Raceway, because of the 
facilities probably aren't up to scratch and sand down uh, because, I guess, technically speaking, we already have three races in Victoria, so that's probably just more to make it fair more than anything else. Yeah, I, I suppose uh, Sandown's getting a rework of its pit facilities, still more to come. Um, I probably see uh, Winton as being one that's uh, less desirable. Um, you know, they've just got WA back on there. I don't think they'd like to lose Tasmania, but, uh, you know, that's one is certainly one of the very small events nowadays. Tony Tony De Alberto is launching his 2011 campaign on Friday. Hey, Friday, isn't that after the season started? It's certainly uh, a lot easier now with uh, to do it uh, before Adelaide than it would have been before Abu Dhabi. I think he probably wants to launch it at that time because uh, it's the beginning of uh, the Australian V8 season, so to speak, and and that's probably why he's decided to do it in that manner. He feels he's going to get the most exposure um, because we're not overseas at the moment. Mm, interesting to see how big the D'Alberto Holden stickers are on that FPR Ford. Oops, did I say too much? John, who will be the next new winner of a V8 supercar race? Probably Shane Van Gisbergen, I imagine. He's been knocking on the door all of last year and, and really before that and... Uh, yeah. I think it's only just a matter of time. Is the gears on the top of your hit list, Tony? Yes, in fact, I'd put all three of uh, Stone Brothers drivers on the list for a prospective uh, next winner. All right. Tony, will the format change at the Australian Grand Prix get the team serious about these races? Probably so. The, the new pit facility and the fact that we're doing fuel stop races and soft tyres will probably, you know, rev the whole thing up a fair bit. John? I think it's a better spectacle for the fans, but I don't know if the drivers will get more serious about it because it's still a non-championship event, and while that's the case, I think uh, it'll always be taken a little less seriously. Mm. John, finally here on Gas and Go, brought to you by V8X Magazine, two free gifts in this edition. Is Kelly Racing now the only genuine super team in V8 supercars? I was interested in the wording. What what do you mean by super team? Well, four cars all under their control. I guess so. Un- under that particular definition, yes. Tony? The interesting thing is, of course, they're the most likely ones. If if there was to be a Hyundai, Kia, Daewoo come in, they're the most likely ones that you'd go to as a manufacturer and say, you know, you can put four cars on the track in under our brand. Um, and for that reason, they're, they're a very hot prospect with their own engine department, their own chassis in-house. You know, they're, they're certainly... And, yeah, they are a uh, supercar team. Um, Roland Dane, you could probably say, has got four cars under his control with the two Morris ones adding to his own two. Um, the others have all sort of uh, come down to three cars. Mm. Or that's if uh, Tony D'Alberto and the Rod Nash arrangement aren't considered making them a four-car team, but I think they both seem to be operating a little bit independently in yeah. some respects. Well, and certainly D'Albertos will be servicing the car from their own workshops. Hmm. Well, that's Gas and Go for another week, brought to you by VRX Magazine. Don't forget the two free gifts, as I've already mentioned. And, John Bannon, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you in Clipsal. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Tony. And, Tony, it's always a pleasure.
Thanks, mate. Much appreciated. The white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders, where we get a chance to speak to Fujitsu driver Dave Russell. I hope you'll stay with us. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag, we catch up with Dave Russell and asked him about being a full-time V8 Supercar Fujitsu Series driver. The real game, of course, is to get into a high-profile V8 Supercar main game enduro gig. How's that progressing? Oh, it's very, very important. So, you know, that's my aim is to make sure that um, I'm in a competitive car that's uh, and, and certainly with a with a great driver that um, I can that I can co-drive with, um, and, and you know really uh, you know that that will be hopefully then the platform for me to to be able to have a good good um, you know series in the Fujitsu series, and then also a good platform to have the Enduros to try and um, secure a seat in the in the main series for 2012. What did you learn out of last year's experience in the Enduros? Oh look, you know, DJR were a fantastic team to to um, to be running under that banner, and you know, um, it, it was certainly great to do it with Jonathan Webb, who, who you know had driven very very well. So, look, I think um, the, the biggest thing is the intensity level across, you know, from the first practice right through to the the last lap. Everyone's certainly um, you know giving it their all. So, you know, for, for what I take away from that is, you know, you you certainly. Um, you don't leave any, you know, they, they, they certainly weren't leaving any margin whatsoever for um, for error, but at the same time, everyone was pressing on hard. So, yeah, I, I certainly learned a lot and, and really enjoyed myself. Knowing how quickly the endurance seats are filling, uh, do you have many feelers out there and are you confident you can get in with a, a, a first-class outfit? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think... Um, Probably in the next couple of weeks, you could expect an announcement on that side of it. Um, yeah, we've just sort of narrowed down the, the options for that, and, and we know what's out there and what's available. And um, yeah, we, we're um, you know I'm, I'm very very confident that um, I'll be in a good seat and, and uh, certainly with a good team. You mentioned about 2012, and I, I guess you start planning for 2012 back in 2009, 2010, but. With 28 cars now on the grid, how much harder is that making it for guys like yourself to step up to the main game? Yeah, look, it makes it very difficult. You know, there's, there's the um, there's performance aspect of it and then there's, there's the commercial aspect of it as well. And, look, I think the, the big thing at the moment, you know, at the end of this year, there, there will be a few drivers um, out of contract and maybe swapping around. And after the silly season that we've had in the 2010 to 11 um, season uh, when there wasn't actually too many drivers out of contract, um, it's yeah, it's probably going to make for a pretty crazy off season um, at the end of this year. So, you know, I, it's just important for me to be placed correctly so that I've, I've had you know the strongest showing I can and hopefully win the championship this year in the Fujitsu series, and um, that puts me in good stead then hopefully for a full time role. Were you 
ever considering to make the move this year, knowing what the driver market was like? Oh yeah, I certainly um, yeah so certainly had uh, some some options open there, and um, yeah, we we sort of uh, knew of a couple of drivers that were going, and yeah, look, it was um, you know it, it was uh, probably you know a little bit disappointing not not to get. Um, a couple of those seats, but I sort of understand the reasons why, and um, yeah, just just um, like anything, you just got to press on, and you know, hope that uh, the opportunity comes up, um, you know, the next year along. My thanks to Dave Russell there, and you can check out all the news on Dave Russell at www.daverussell.com.au. My thanks to Dave and also to John Bannon and Tony Whitlock as the checker flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.